Today on Blue 58, with a new year ahead of us, let's take a second and make some resolutions on behalf of the Packers. After all, football teams can work on self-improvement too. But first, we've got some announcements to make about some valuable prizes and a big round number. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Happy to be with you here for another episode. And I wanted to take a second to talk about the very... First thing you read in the episode title here, this is the 500th numbered episode of Blue 58. Sort of. 500th numbered episode, like I said. There's at least two special episodes in there. And I'm pretty sure I've had at least one numbering error or two, but I don't want to look through the titles of all 500 episodes to find it. The point is, as far as the counting goes, this is basically episode 500, and I'm really grateful that you're here with me. It kind of snuck up on me, honestly. Uh, I think I was looking forward to episode 400 more than episode 500 for some reason. Don't really know exactly why, but here we are at episode 500. And I'm grateful you're here because without you, there is no show. There is just me talking. And for a lot of the history of this show, there was just me talking because we started once upon a time in a spare bedroom in an apartment, then in our first house in a different spare bedroom, then it was in my in-laws' house in one of their spare bedrooms. Then it was in our second house in the basement, a finally a dedicated space. Then we had a kid. Then we had another kid. Now here we are. It's been a lot of change. And along the way, with all that stuff, you showed up and you brought some friends. And I am very thankful that you've done that. Very thankful that you've made Blue 58 a part of your life. I'm very thankful for your support. And I'm excited that we get to do the next segment of this show on episode number 500 because it's going to be fun to talk about some of the things that you have done that are pretty cool. But when we get to a big round number, I always think of two things. I think of the beginning and I think of the end. The beginning, like I said, long time ago, increasingly long time ago, which says some uncomfortable things about me too. Uh, We don't have to go there. But um, the end is something that I think about a lot because Blue 58 isn't going to be around forever. And don't worry, I'm not... um, not considering ending the show or anything anytime soon, but there was a time when I thought, you know, 500 episodes, it would be fun to just end it on that number specifically. But I always think when we get to one of these milestones about what the end is going to be like, and I don't, I don't really know what the answer is going to be like, but I, I can tell it's it's a ways off because I feel I still feel motivated to do this every time I sit down. I still feel like I've got things to say, and I still feel like there are a lot of people who are receptive to it. And if any of those things ever change, that's when I'll know. It's time to start thinking about doing something else. But I am uh, not really looking at, at any changes here in the immediate future. I kind of look at it at, at the very least on a year-by-year basis, and I'm I'm good for 2022 for sure. Um, and then we, we'll see what happens in the future. But for right now, 500 episodes behind us. Who knows how many in front of us, and I'm grateful that you have been here along the way. It is time, being now the 4th of January, to announce our winners and conclusion of the charity drive that we've been doing for the last three, three and a half weeks or so. In total, you, the listeners of Blue 58, raised $2,730 for the two charitable organizations we supported this year. I would like you to give yourselves a round of applause. And if you can't give one to yourself because you're driving or your hands aren't free, allow me to supply one for you. very appropriate. You did a very good thing with the uh, charity drive this year. $2,730 is an increase over last year, and I'm thrilled 
with the work you did. Thank you so much for participating and everyone who did participate, you win the opportunity to, uh, to be drawn in our charity drawing prize thing. I don't ever really know what to call it. It's not technically a raffle. There are some legal considerations about that. I'm going to pick seven names. I've picked them already. Uh, and I will announce the, who those names are. But the, the prize is at stake, a four $25 gift certificates to the Packers Pro Shop, two $50 gift certificates to the Packers Pro Shop, and one Green Bay Packers jersey of your choice, will be, which will be shipped to you from the Packers Pro Shop. And without further ado, our winners. In the $25 category, I'm pleased to announce that our winners are Joe DeLeo, Brad Smith, Michael Strand, and Velko Popovich. In the $50 category, our winners are Sona Maring, Kevin Klug, and in the jersey category, I am pleased to announce that Michael Lugo will be getting the Packers jersey of his choice. So thank you to everybody who participated. I wish that I could give each and every one of you uh, a prize, but I am grateful that you have chosen to contribute, that you have chosen to be a part of uh, the efforts that we are we're working on this year, and uh, it just means a lot to me that we are able to do this again together. Uh, as a related announcement, at the suggestion, a very good suggestion of a contributor, Isaiah Warnke, we are going to try to be doing something similar to this um, later this year uh, and before Christmas. So it'll be around the middle of the year, probably shortly before the start of training camp. We'll do something similar. Uh, maybe a smaller scale, maybe a different charity, but uh, look forward to doing this in probably about six months. Now to actual Packers stuff. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on, moves related to the COVID-19 reserve list coming on and off, uh, as well as the Packers having a guy in for a tryout today. Uh, workout in particular, tight end Jordan Franks at Lambeau Field today for a workout for the Packers. An interesting prospect uh, nominally a tight end, but relatively small one, just over six foot three, two hundred and thirty-two pounds, four six one forty yard dash at his Central Florida Pro Day. Uh, he spent a bit of time in the NFL, uh, spent some time with the Bengals, uh, with the Eagles, and with the Browns. Um, has been somewhat of a journeyman. Uh, has played twenty snaps with the Browns so far this year. Overall, a pretty good athlete, but probably better suited for that sort of. H-back, they call it the F position that the Packers run in their offense, um, than a more inline traditional tight end spot. A small caveat to that, though, uh, Josiah DeGuara, who is nominally that F position, um, has been playing quite a bit more inline tight end. Hand on the ground right on the end of the line, though often on the weak side of the formation as opposed to Mercedes Lewis, who plays on the strong side. Matt LaFleur appears to be evolving this role that has become increasingly important in his offense. Um, just continuing to find different ways to use good athletes and get them on the field. Dominique Daphne falls into that same kind of mold, and it's interesting that they're bringing in another guy for a look at uh, at a potential potential spot similar to that. In terms of the COVID list, as of right now, some names coming off the list. Kingsley Kiki, Dennis Kelly, Amari Rogers, and Darnell Savage coming off today. Pretty quick stops for Dennis Kelly and Darnell Savage. Both went on the list yesterday, which would seem to be reflective of those new protocols. Uh, we got some clarification over the past couple of days exactly on how those protocols work. If you test positive for COVID, a negative test gets you off. And that's what uh, Dennis Kelly and Darnell Savage apparently have done. 
And if you do do test positive, it's only five days on the list if you are not vaccinated. If you are vaccinated, you can test positive. And as soon as you get a negative test, you can come off. If you are not vaccinated, you got to be on for at least five days, which is why uh, Kirk Cousins was out for Sunday. On the COVID list, uh, Billy Turner added today, David Moore added yesterday, which stings considerably considering how uh, he seems to have energized the Packers punt return game. Just looked natural back there, returning punts and kicks for the Packers, which is uh, a far sight different from what we saw from uh, from Amari Rodgers for the bulk of the season. And also going on the list is backup kicker J.J. Uh, Molson. Uh, to J.J., you kind of go, go with the office space quote, what is it you would say that you do here anyway? But if the Packers think he's important enough to keep around to this point in the season, um, it is, I guess, noteworthy that a guy they've they've had around to either give Mason Crosby a break or to be their you know, break glass in case of emergency kicker is on the list. Uh, heading back to the practice squad today from the COVID-19 reserve list is cornerback Jason Stanley, who we talked about last week, which would be a good move for him considering some of the traits that we talked about uh, when he was signed, except he was also released from the practice squad today. So he signs with the Packers, immediately goes on the reserve list, comes off the reserve list, back to the practice squad, and is subsequently immediately released. Roster moves in the era of COVID. What are you going to do? Also released today from the practice squad, offensive lineman John Dietzen, um, who has been on and off the Packers practice squad as well. The local product went to Wisconsin, uh, kind of the guard tackle tweener. All right. New Year's resolutions. You a resolution fan? I am sort of. I make the same New Year's resolutions every single year with some variation, some some goals, some things I would like to do, but the re- resolution that I make that I make every year is is simple, two parts. Read more and write more. Uh those are the two things that I have found that help me more than just about anything else. Um feel like the best version of myself. If I'm reading a lot of good books, if I'm writing more, that helps me uh, feel good about myself. So I try to do more of that every year. Don't always increase the number of books I read every year, but I, I like to try. I've already knocked one out this year, in fact. Um, I started it in late 2020, but still, uh, we've got it knocked out this year. But for the Packers, I thought we would focus on a few of the key figures throughout the organization and talk about some things that they should resolve to do this year. I've got five people I want to take a look at. Matt LaFleur, Russ Ball, Mark Murphy, Aaron Rodgers, and Brian Gutekunst. We're going to end with Gutekunst because his resolutions appear to be the most tangible. First with Matt LaFleur. Uh, first, I would resolve, ask him to resolve, to figure out how to not waste so many timeouts. This is a small thing, but it is an irksome thing. I don't know about you, but I have an increasing amount of angst every time I'm sitting watching a game and in the first quarter, the Packers either are slow out of the huddle or can't get lined up. And with 10, 12 minutes to go in the first quarter, the Packers are out there burning a timeout. Just what's going on? Why can't we get that figured out? Why is it that we cannot get out of the huddle on time? And part of that is probably an Aaron Rodgers thing. I would say a large part of it is probably an Aaron Rodgers thing, but man, is it frustrating to watch? And if we could tack on a related one to that, don't do the fake 
hard count thing. If there's absolutely no chance that you are ever going to go for it on fourth down when you're lining up and trying to get them off sides, that's just a longer way, more involved way of wasting a timeout. Just sit there, go for it or don't. Let's not do a charade. Second resolution I would have for Matt LaFleur is to continue to encourage your assistants to be the best versions of themselves. This is something that I think he's done a great job of already. I would like to see him continue to do more of it. He's been very public about how he divides up play calling. It's not him calling all the plays. A lot of guys are, are uh, have a hand in that. And he works extensively throughout the offseason, throughout the preseason, to get guys opportunities to to call plays, to design game plans, to have a prominent role in the Packers organization because he knows how much that helps guys' careers. Right now we're going to see the first first real opportunity for that approach to bear fruit in Nathaniel Hackett getting an opportunity to interview for the Jacksonville Jaguars head coaching gig, but there are going to be others as well because it seems like Lafleur is increasingly well-regarded around the league, and that means that more coaches are going to get opportunities to, to coach elsewhere from his coaching staff, and that is a good thing. One of the storylines that um, sticks in my mind the last couple of years is uh, Kyle Shanahan steadfastly refusing to let Mike Lafleur, Matt's brother, interview for essentially a lateral move with the Green Bay Packers. Like, if a guy wants to go interview, and maybe maybe he doesn't, but I, I have a hard time believing that he didn't want to go interview with his brother and, and get a job there, why wouldn't you want people to go? Why would you want people to um, to to work for you if that's not where they want to be? Mike Tomlin had a great line about that when they traded. I, I think it was Melvin Ingram saying he wants volunteers, not hostages. I want want people who want to be there. LaFleur seems to be taking the exact opposite approach. I don't know if he's had the opportunity even to block any lateral moves, but it seems like he is actively working to get people opportunities like this. And I hope he keeps doing it because it, it speaks so highly of his character and honestly of what he thinks of himself too, in that he wants the opportunities for guys to go elsewhere and, and achieve their goals. But he also seems to think he can either make up the slack himself or find somebody else and train them up to be the next guy to take their spot. He doesn't think anybody's irreplaceable either, which is which is another good thing. If you're a leader and you think somebody other than you is irreplaceable, should you be in the role you're in? Do you have two irreplaceable people? Probably not. So I would encourage him to resolve, to continue to help his assistants be the best versions of themselves. Finally, find a way, resolve, to find a way to get a good look at Jordan Love this weekend. I know Aaron Rodgers and everybody want to play. I know that um, it it feels good to get him out there and and moving around and you know not sitting idle for weeks and weeks as we wait for this divisional round game to happen. But still, this is a golden opportunity to see Jordan Love in a game situation and to make some some customized things for him to do that are that are Jordan Love things, not Aaron Rodgers things adjusted for Jordan Love. That, I think, was the problem in the in the Kansas City game. And it's something we're going to talk about more on Friday because I imagine as the week week wears on, we're going to get some reports that that maybe the starters are not going to play just tons and tons against the Lions because I think that would be a mistake. So figure out a way to get a real good look at Jordan Love. All right, Russ Ball. For him, for you... 
Mr. Ball, since I know you are listening, as you toil away in the, what I can only assume are vast vaults beneath Lambeau Field where all the money is kept, which you are charged with guarding um, and maintaining, I would encourage you, Russ, to resolve to take some time for yourself and do it soon because this offseason is going to be wild. Assuming that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams both come back, both want to come back, the Packers will, of course, want to keep them. And even if they don't, there's going to be a lot of related work um, to that. So first, he's got to answer, how do you fit Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams under the cap together? And how do you also come to relatively quick answers on a bunch of other big cap number players like Zadarius Smith and Billy Turner and Adrian Amos? And how do you figure out what to do with guys like Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas, who are going to be free agents after the season? And how do you also pursue any outside free agents the Packers might have interest in? I mean, that's going to be a pretty long list, and I don't even have to do any of those things, and it makes me a little bit stressed out to think of somebody who does have to do all of those things. And look, I get that that is the job, but it still sounds like an awfully stressful job, and we haven't even begun to broach the topic of potential extensions for guys not named Rodgers and Adams, and there's a couple pretty good players coming up who are going to have to be getting extensions of their own. Jair Alexander, for instance, is a guy who's going to have to be in extension talks relatively soon, though relative to all of those other questions, he seems like he's going to be pretty far down the list. So take some time now, Russ. Go to a warm place if that's your thing. Bring along a good book and uh, relax because it's going to get wild here before too long. Mark Murphy the only resolution I would have for Mr. Mr. Murphy would be to take a victory lap on the Aaron Rodgers is a complicated fella quote that everybody tortured him over. Remember when everybody was dragging him for that? And then remember when he turned out to be exactly right? Look, maybe he shouldn't have said it. Maybe that's something you don't say in public, but he sure was not wrong. Aaron Rodgers has continued to reveal himself as quite a complicated fella. Something I think Aaron Rodgers would probably take as a compliment, actually. But boy, Murphy was correct about that. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron, I would ask you to resolve to cement your legacy in Green Bay by writing things out there for however long they'll have you. I understand workplace grievances. I've had the opportunity or misfortune, depending on how you want to look at it, to work at a bunch of different places in my life, just life circumstances. I've had a far above average amount of jobs and I've left all but one willingly. And the only other one that was not a willing move on for me was because they eliminated my position because they were contracting the entire company, which is an entirely different and uncertain situation that Aaron Rodgers will fortunately for him never have to deal with. But Um, I've gotten a lot of perspectives on a lot of different workplaces and they're not being comfortable where you're working, not being comfortable where you want to be is not a great feeling. And I know that real life, normal person life is nothing like being a professional athlete, but for all that discomfort that he's dealing with, for all the unpleasant trees that he might have to go with working with people who don't understand him or don't do what he wants or whatever, He is in the unique position of being able to choose to not repeat a mistake, a very public and loud mistake made by his predecessor. He had a front row seat to how things ended between Brett Favre 
and the Packers. And for a lot of this year, it has looked like he has been bound and determined to walk down that exact same path. Even if he believes himself wronged by the Packers, even if Brett Favre, for that matter, had a point about the Packers, it's hard to come up with a scenario where either one or both of those guys doesn't end up doing irreparable harm to their reputation by the process of getting out of a situation they don't want to be in. He's got the opportunity to go down as potentially the single greatest player in Packers history. And mending fences after publicly airing grievances, along with maybe winning another MVP and a Super Bowl and all that goes into that, I would have to think would go quite a long ways toward cementing that part of his legacy. He could bury the entire conversation about hurt feelings and things not going the way they want and all of those kinds of things by just deciding to be a little bit more magnanimous. And I thought it was interesting during the Sunday night game, Mike DeRico bringing up an anecdote, potentially, I guess, shared by Rodgers about how he recognized that maybe, you know, there was some more things that could be done on both sides. That's some interesting personal growth. But from a more practical standpoint, just imagine he stays and he keeps playing this way, the way he's playing in 2021, or close to it for another three or four years. Another three years would put him well into his 40s. And he could legitimately win, playing like this, a fifth MVP in his 40s. Imagine what that does for your legacy. I know there's some people who are never going to be convinced by the greatest of all time talk. And you know, if you've listened to this show for long enough, that I absolutely hate that discussion. But five MVPs would put you pretty far up the list in the greatest player of all time, greatest quarterback of all time discussion. Because we know that wins are not a quarterback stat, and therefore Super Bowl wins are not a quarterback stat. But it's hard to argue that being named most valuable player five times is entirely an individual award. See what I'm saying? You see the difference there? Imagine what something like that, imagine even playing close to that level into your 40s where you are in the MVP conversation. Imagine what that does for your long-term legacy. I know Rodgers thinks about his legacy. I know he does. There is just the way that he acts and carries himself. He, he cares what other people think. And that's fine. That's, in a lot of situations, a good way to be. But he has an opportunity to change how people think about him in a meaningful way by working with someone who has gone a long way to meet him halfway this, this past year or so. Finally, Brian Gutekunst. I've got three resolutions for Brian Gutekunst, all related to the defense. Try to come up with something offense-related. You could talk about Rodgers or, or Adams or whatever, I suppose, if you wanted, that falls more in the rust ball territory as we've already discussed. So focusing on defense for Brian Gutekunst, I would first and foremost resolve to find Kenny Clark some help. The easiest, it seems, upgrade to the Packers defense right now would be to add another pocket-pushing defensive lineman. Somebody with some real pass rushing juice, either in free agency, which is going to be expensive, I understand, or or via the draft. Because if if anything could improve the Packers defense, it would be getting Kenny Clark a sidekick. 
We've seen the number of snaps that he's played. We've seen how he can affect opposing defenses when he gets even a little bit of help. Imagine just a little bit more help from somebody with a skill set comparable to Kenny Clark. And look, this is not to talk badly about anybody who's played with Clark this year. Dean Lowry has had an excellent season, probably a career year. But he's not in the same neighborhood as Kenny Clark. Getting somebody who is at least in the same zip code as Kenny Clark, would be an easy, well, not easy, a simple upgrade to the Packers' defense. Related to that, I would like to ask Brian Gutekunst to resolve to reevaluate the Packers' inside linebacker philosophy. It has been taken as a given for most of the 20th century, 21st century so far. What century are we in, by the way? 21st century so far that the Packers do not really spend high draft picks on inside linebacker. They do not bring in inside linebacker free agents. The only real high draft picks they've had at inside linebacker have been Nick Barnett. And that's basically it, unless you want to count A.J. Hawk as an inside linebacker, which is where he ended up playing, but it was a 3-4 scheme and technically more of an outside linebacker, whatever. You understand what I'm saying. That type of linebacker, The type of linebacker, basically, that Devondre Campbell is should be getting more attention from the Packers as a result of Devondre Campbell. He has shown the value of having a difference maker at that position. And I think even Devondre Campbell would say, as great a season as he's having, that he's not like a mega super elite like athletic prospect there or... I guess I'm not trying to make it sound like he's some bum, but he's not He's not Luke Keekley, put it that way. He's not a guy who's just going to be an, an overwhelming athlete, make make plays because he's the the fastest, strongest, most aggressive guy on the field. He's just a, he's a really cerebral player who's very fundamentally sound and he's always in the right spot. But just having a guy who is that fundamentally sound, who never misses tackles, who's always in the right spot has proven to be a big, big upgrade for the Packers' defense. And I think it shows the value of spending a little bit more resources at that position and making sure you can get a guy who is like that. Because it's made a big difference for the Packers. Finally, I would like Brian Gutekunst to resolve to find a third edge rusher. The Packers are probably going to end up with two, maybe only one, of the Smiths and Rashawn Gary. And if it's the one, it's going to be Rashawn Gary, obviously. But probably only two of three at the most coming out of this offseason. Gutekunst is going to need help there. And I think this year the Packers have been fortunate in the overall health of their two primary edge rushers. They really haven't had to do without either Gary or Smith for an extended period of time. They've weathered some minor rough spots there, but really they've needed sorely all season long a third edge rusher, and they've never been able to really find one outside of Whitney Merciless, who promptly tore up his knee uh, after um, joining the Packers and finding some success. So find that third edge guy, however you got to do it. If it's bringing in every undrafted edge prospect just to try to find one, if it's spending another high draft pick on an edge rusher, if it's both, Find a way to get a third consistent pass rusher on the edge in addition to bringing in some additional help for for Kenny Clark. Resolve to do that, and the Packers' defense will continue, I think, in its upward trajectory. 
Those are my resolutions for the Green Bay Packers. What would you resolve to have the Packers do in 2022? I'd love to hear them. I would love to include them in a future episode. So if you get them to me, wherever you're listening, wherever you're listening, uh, whether that's on YouTube, whether that's via the, the powersweep.com's contact page, whether it's on social media, just do it. I want to hear what you think. In the meantime, that's all I've got for you in this episode. appreciate listening in. I appreciate, once again, everybody who donated to our charity drive. That meant a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to both of the organizations that we helped support this year. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, if you've enjoyed any of the 499 or so previous episode, it would mean a lot to me if you would share it and uh, help more people continue to discover it. Word of mouth is the number one way that we grow, and it gets more people involved in the conversation that you and I and everybody else are having around the Green Bay Packers, which in turn is going to help all of us, me included, become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We will see you next time on Blue 58.